Hello, and welcome to Unscheduled Flights, exploring the realms of inspiration, innovation, and creativity. I'm your host, Ambika Waters, and I welcome you to this podcast and hope you find it as interesting as I do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unscheduled Flights. We examine the realm of innovation, inspiration, and creativity. And we're blessed today to have Stefan Spencer with us, who is a very creative gentleman and a very spiritual man. We connected a few years ago on a podcast that I was invited on to by, by Stefan, and we made this immediate spiritual connection. And I felt I could have talked for days together with him. He's enlightened. He is very intelligent, and he's very successful in what he does. So today's talk is going to be about spirituality in the marketplace. Stefan, welcome. Oh, thanks, Ambika. It's so great to be here. Great to have you on the show. So tell us about yourself mm -hmm. and how you feel about spirituality in the marketplace. I know you must have quite a lot to say about this. Well, I've been doing uh, search engine optimization, which is helping companies get to the top of Google for many, many years since the 1990s. And uh, prior to 2012, I was agnostic. So I was kind of bumbling through, bungling through life, trying to uh, do it from just my own uh, blood, sweat, and tears and not letting the river carry me and, and just being a co-creator with the creator. And then I went to India on a Tony Robbins Platinum Partner trip and got touched on the head by a monk there. And I had an incredible experience of the divine it was like a like a psychedelic trip everything was in technicolor and i felt this deep sense of connection to the creator and to all that is and everything was so bright and vivid like a cartoon i i have never done any drugs so i don't have anything to compare this to but it opened me and it changed the whole course of my life so I am co-creating everything that I do is with God. God is my business partner. And I talk to him all day, every day. I used to talk mostly to the angels and to um, spirit guides. Now, that was after my second uh, awakening that happened January 22nd, 2021. That's when my psychic abilities uh, came online and I was shown the matrix after I prayed in the middle of the night to God for a job, um, which might sound weird because I was a successful entrepreneur. I wasn't looking to change careers or anything. I just was really inspired by Sheila Gillette, a guest I'd had on my podcast, Get Yourself Optimized. In her near-death experience in 1969, she prayed to God for a job. And so she's been channeling 12 archangels for 50 years. And so I didn't know what I was asking for, but it made total sense after the fact. I'm like, oh, yes, I guess I did pray to have psychic abilities and to be able to be a channel for God. And um, also that it was implied I didn't want to have a near-death experience in order to get the job. Right. So, 
Yeah, but I still have the SEO business. I, uh, it's growing. It's doing really well. And I'm um, not so enmeshed with the day-to-day -day now because, as I said, God is my business partner. And so leads just drop into my lap out of nowhere. And um, they close like two days later. This happened just a couple of weeks ago. So this is... Um, it's a wonderful way to live your life, Stefan. It's a wonderful, it rich, anxiety-free way to live your life because you are living in trust, absolute trust. Trust in the divine to see you through everything, everything. Yeah. So prayer, I take it, is an important element in your life. Or yes. do you call it conversations with God? What is it for you? It's both. Like Live your life like a prayer live your Every, life everything absolutely right so i just a, a simple prayer is to send to ensof the infinite light the uh, negative thought forms or entities or energetic cords or whatever that is kind of infiltrating your consciousness and whispering you know not great stuff into your consciousness and you're like that's not mine and then I just imagine a, uh, a golden light from the center of my body, from my solar plexus, just exploding outward, sending uh, whatever negativity and, and from the exact point of origin to Ensof, and it works. And then I'll muscle test, make sure that uh, I'm all clear. And I am usually, if I'm not, then I do it again. And it's uh, very effective because I want to keep my mind as clean as a, um, as a, like a bunk uh, in, in a uh, military school. <laughs> well, clear, clear and clean. Could you yeah. explain to the listeners what Ansoff is, that part of Kabbalah? Yeah, so Ansoff uh, is the endless. It's the infinite light. It is, it is God. It is source. And when... I send uh, negativity to Ensof. It's not to obliterate it. It's to transform it. That's right. Because it's everything is of God. Everything. There is nothing that is not. Like we're yeah. all God dust. We're not stardust. We're God dust. We're right. made from God. There's nothing that's not made from God because there is nothing independent of God. And there never was, never will be. So talk to us briefly about how you do business from this place because traditionally mm. speaking there's been this disconnect between the worldly path and the spiritual path right and to be able to do business from that place of total integrity and trust and knowledge that's a gift i'd like yeah. to hear about that i'm sure the listeners would as well yeah. So it's like all aspects of your life are part of this game, this game of climbing the ladder to cleave to God, because that's in a nutshell, spirituality is just cleaving to, to attaching yourself to God, getting as close to God as possible. Everything else about being a better person and uh, healing wounds and, and, and clearing karma and all that, that all comes along for the ride. Those are, those are happy side effects. The game is to cleave to God. So that's, that's what I'm here for. And, and it's, it, it needs to show up in everything I do. If it's a client call, 
a prospect call, a presentation at a conference. It's a podcast interview. Uh, it's uh, just me working on uh, some deliverable document for a client. Whatever it is, it's with intention and it's intention to reveal as much light as possible. And so if that's my, my internal compass, my internal GPS, then it reflects in everything I do. And so let's say that, for example, I, I show up at a, uh, uh, a mastermind meeting. I'm in, I'm in multiple ones like uh, Genius Network, and, and uh, uh, I was in Strategic Coach for several years. I'm, I'm in Metal, an, another brotherhood slash mastermind, et, et cetera. So when I'm showing up and it's, let's say, a virtual meeting, then I trust that whoever will be in the Zoom breakout rooms, because we'll typically have breakouts, will be exactly the right people because there is nothing random. So if there's nothing random, it's e either everything's random or nothing's random. Really, it's nothing is random. So if that's the case, which right. I, I know to be true, then I trust that I'm going to be put in the room with either the most um, appropriate prospects or the most appropriate people to uh, give them a message because I of, oftentimes would do this uh, exercise. I just imagine myself at the feet of God asking him to please send me, which is based on Isaiah 6, 8. Isaiah is at the feet of God and he's like, here I am, Lord, please send me. And it was basically interrupting a board meeting uh, between God and archangels getting assignments of miracles. So I trust that I, I am being deployed in the best way possible at the right moment in the right way. So, it, and, and inevitably it does happen. It's like, I just need to get out of my own way. My egoic self is there for a reason, for a purpose, but it's not to try and drive the bus. Right. You know, I let, I let my soul, um, do the, the the driving and not not my my body consciousness or my ego and so yeah amazing amazing things happen uh, as i alluded to a little while ago i just had two weeks ago on a monday somebody come out of nowhere to uh talk to me about seo and i spoke to him the next day and then we signed a contract uh, on the wednesday so within two days he became my second biggest client. Excellent. And, so, and this doesn't happen because of the sweat of my brow. It's, it's not just like synchronicity. It is a trust and faith that this is the way it's meant to be. Synchronicity is like an underpinning of, of the universe um, that happens as you get into a place of more faith and trust. Let me ask you a question. What are your challenges in the choice to live this way? What challenges you? What do you come up against in yourself and also in people who don't share the same consciousness? Mm. Well, if, one thing I find is I need to calibrate. I what need is that? To, that means if, if someone is, if I'm not listening to the still small voice within, then I might say something that alienates the person or makes them feel judged or makes them feel uncomfortable. You know, sometimes I'm meant to make people uncomfortable because that's, that was the assignment I was given. But if I'm not listening intently to my intuition, to those uh, 
um, those whispers into my consciousness from above, then I might miss the opportunity or I might miscalibrate. And so if I'm really in tune, then I'll say exactly the right thing and, and no more, right? What, what, what was that famous uh, quote, something about, uh, if I had more time, I would, would have written you a shorter letter? Yeah, that's good. That's absolutely right. What about challenges in yourself? What is your daily practice? Well, um, it starts with my morning uh, routine of, of connecting to the creator, doing uh, the Anabakoa prayer, which I learned from uh, Kabbalah. Um, in fact, I've got the, the prayer right here. It's in Hebrew. I don't, I don't know Hebrew. I'm, I'm learning just a little bit. My, my three-year-old son is, is fluent because my wife is from Israel and she teaches uh, him constantly and speaks to him mostly in Hebrew. But yeah, this is the prayer. It's based on the 42-letter name of God, and it is probably the most important thing I do in the day. I do it twice a day, once in the morning and once at night, and I rarely miss a day. Um, I used to do it very just sporadically. I started taking Kabbalah classes maybe seven years ago, but um, since I had the second awakening in 2021 in January, I just knew this was really important. This feeds my soul. This plugs me in to, um, I don't know, to the, um, to the power. Yeah. I have a ring I got in Israel that I wear with the 42 names. Hmm. And it's, um, I'm forever twisting it on my finger. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think my wife has the same ring. Yeah. Very powerful prayer, the Anabahoa. And I, I learned to sing it and, and yes. so beautiful. I think yes. we did that. I think we sang, we sang it on the, sh on, on the show, on my, on my podcast. Yeah. We did. We did it. Yep. I love yep. it. It's so powerful and beautiful. And, and when you do it with reverence and, and, and it's not just to connect to the tree of life and, and the miracles and disconnect to the, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, like the duality and just plug in direct to the creator, but you're actually revering and in awe of the creator and in, in a deep love, uh, in a place of deep love of him, then it's uh, a much more effective I guess maybe the wrong word but it's just more it's it's a much more intentional prayer then I'm going to share a story that happened to me when I went to Israel I went to write a book about martyrdom as if I could write the book I'm telling you I thought well it's the epicenter of martyrdom in the world for three major religions and the whole two and a half months I was there writing it was about my experience of martyrdom it, Towards the end, I went up to Spot, and I uh, was shown around by a friend of mine from Tucson, where I live, who was, had immigrated, and I had never heard the Anabahoa, and he said he wanted to sing it to me. So we're sitting in a cafe one rainy January day in Spot, and he starts singing it to me, and I had this like you being touched on the forehead 
by the monk in India, I had a similar experience. I mean, my whole body was tingling. I started crying into my soup. It, it just really deeply touched me. I stayed over for another day and uh, went to a couple of study groups and you know, really enjoyed Svad, but I came back on the bus to Jerusalem where I was staying and all my papers were stolen. All, I, I don't know where they went, how they disappeared, but I, I had notes, I had prayers, I had poems, I had my homeopathic remedies. Everything was gone. I went back to where I was staying and I broke out in this extraordinary fever. I mean, it was like 102, 103, and I knew it was a detox. I knew it wasn't an illness. It was from the experience of being in this holy town and hearing this amazing prayer. And the woman whose uh, flat I was in said she was going out, I think it was Shabbat, she was going out to a Shabbat service and she said, would you like me to get somebody who does Reiki to come and give you a healing? And I said, whatever you can find <laughs> would be appropriate. She came back with this young rabbi who was from LA and he starts doing Reiki and nothing is happening. I've got blisters all over. I am covered in water blisters. I have this 104 fever. I'm kind of choking and nothing's happening. I said, do you know the Anapahoa prayer? He said, I carry it next to my heart. So he started singing the prayer and my fever broke. Like, I mean, not kidding, like that. Started to sweat and I was fine. It, it's like, Whatever he triggered in my soul, I was fine. The next day I was up, I went to the homeopathic pharmacy, got myself a couple of remedies, and I was good to go. It was miraculous. It was a miraculous experience for me to, to have personally the power of that prayer. When he said, I carry it, he had it written right next to his heart. It is, it's extremely powerful and it connects in ways like very few things. There are prayers, the Lord's Prayer, the Hail Mary. There are prayers in every, every uh, religion. And this one is so ancient. It's so, so ancient. Yes. Did you know that the, uh, the Hebrew letters actually preceded uh, creation? Yes, I so read. They that. preceded us. Yes, uh, that's I had a little trouble with some of that, but yes, I, I read it in Zohar when I was studying Kabbalah. Yeah. So what 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 do you have trouble uh, with on that? I ha have trouble with the incredulous from time to time. Mm. So, I so think about this. Maybe this makes it seem more logical. Um, God wanted us to exist so that um, not not um for practical reasons but because he he loved us and he could see uh you know the future right he can see everything so if hebrew letters were kind of his um one of his forms of of speech per se speech isn't really the right word to use because Next. nothing leaves his mouth right his his this is all metaphorical because there's nothing that's not him so if he needed some sort of vehicle to uh, transport his will into 
um, a place of what's in Hebrew referred to as Timsum, which is the contraction or the diminishment. So the, the, the veils. So he needed to create the veils. He needed to create a contraction where he kind of recoiled in so that there is some darkness for us to experience, um, you know, being our little lights in the world. And uh, the Hebrew letters give the vehicle to uh, transport his will into that, um, not vacuum, but that, that diminishment on the other side of these veils. So I don't know. I, I, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I don't I know if, it, if that helps at all. Yeah, I love the idea that the alphabet was created before existence physical existence i love that idea i don't have any it, it, it's that. it's more than the alphabet it's like the torah the 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 it's like the the mind of god in a form that we can directly plug into uh without short circuiting yes and the power of the letters themselves i mean yes and the letters make up like it's like if you have a thought you can turn that into a uh, like a full-blown marketing plan or or an invention right but you have to have a, a a combination of multiple thoughts in order to assemble that into uh, your creative work so the hebrew letters are like that maybe this will help too this is like a kabbalistic definition of a miracle it's not when the impossible becomes possible in Kabbalah, it, a miracle is defined as removing the illusionary veils that don't allow us to see the light in every experience and moment. Yes, I like that very much. I feel that's very befitting and very humbling. We we attach our ego to external circumstances that we define as good or bad, yeah. you know, righteous or evil. Our mind really trips us up. Mm -hmm. that's right if you can see everything as a blessing of the creator then, yeah. then you, I, live, you live in true joy you humility joy purpose it's all in front of you whatever has been given and i see people struggling with that and i too struggle with it to say that i don't would, <laughs> would be ridiculous of course i struggle with it yeah we all do <laughs> i because i work in health people often say why did this happen to me what's what's going on with me what why is this happening in my life now i don't have answers and i'm not there to give the answers but i hear the struggle mm -hmm. and i do know when people are ready really ready to hear the answers they're given they're given yeah. you know sometimes illness is just a good old detoxification or a purification. I think that's more what they'd say in Kabbalah. A purification. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, you let go of enmity and anger and hatred and uh, self-loathing and entitlement and all these things just fall away. And you're left with yourself. You're left with God. You talk about an interface. You're left with yourself and the creator. And what what a humbling moment that is. It's mm -hmm. nothing else matters, nothing else takes precedence, nothing else affects you. 
and you're strengthened in a way. That's the other thing I see. I see that courage comes back. People are able to fight for themselves in a whole different way, particularly people with life-threatening conditions. They find their faith. I, I know people who should have been off the planet years ago, who through faith and prayer and trust just keep going and they they enlighten people around them they enlighten the health workers the nurses the doctors the oncologists the homeopaths the naturopaths you know mm -hmm. i'm in awe of some of these extraordinary people mm -hmm. who prevail through faith and love and generosity and really trusting really trusting yeah well, you know, something that uh, was uh, given to me as, as a teaching from above is the profound difference between faith and trust. In Hebrew, uh, faith is emuna, and uh, trust in God is uh, bitahon. And uh, it's like this. Faith, emuna, is like you know that God exists and that um, he has your back and everything's for the highest and best good, but it may mean some really tough struggles, but ultimately it's for the best, right? But you know, you have unwavering and uh, belief in God. Bitahon, trust in God though, is like in that scene from Lord of the Rings where Gandalf is trapped by Saruman and he's on the top of a tower. There's no escape. But uh, at, at the right moment, he jumps off of the, the spire or the, 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 um, the tower. And there's an eagle underneath that just at the right moment is flying underneath to catch him. And that's God. That's trust. Like every step of the way, I know that there will be uh, an eagle or a, a something to uh, catch me. How do you teach this to your son? Well, uh, just so it happens, I've got a beautiful little children's book here that you may be uh, familiar with. I don't know. It's called The Little Soul in the Sun. I just happen to have it by the <laughs> by the computer. I read this to my son. It's by Neil Donald Walsh, and it's based on his book, conversations with God. And uh, the, the gist of it is that we're all like candles in the sun and we want to experience what it's like to be the light. And it's really hard to do so if you're a candle in the sun. <laughs> yes. And so uh, God makes darkness and he makes us um, an opportunity to be the villain each other, in each other's lives and uh, have somebody to forgive. So that we can be forgiving, we can be unconditionally loving, we can be compassionate, and uh, you know all these different aspects of the light. Because if he he didn't do that, if we we didn't choose to be villains in each other's lives, um, to out of kindness and love for the other person to give them that opportunity, and then we switch roles, there'd be nobody to forgive. And there, what you know, what's the fun in that? You can't. You can't um, experience what it's like to be forgiving if there's nobody for, to forgive. That's right. And yet we get sucked into the game so much that we forget. And 
if I forget and then they forget and then we're all lost. Yeah. So that's the gist love of it. Love and forgiveness. Let me ask you about charity and uh, generosity and where mm. that fits with the business model. I'm curious. Yep. Very important. You know, in the Bible, it's uh, pretty much one of those few uh, guaranteed things that you can test God with. <laughs> and, and you like if you say i'm going to tithe this amount of mon money god basically is um you know saying you can put me to the test you can give all that money away and see that it will come back to you and it does mm -hmm. so tithing 10 you know, but the, here's the thing it's not just you're tithing 10 percent because what about the other 90 percent it's a fallacy uh, or a mirage to think that that's your money <laughs> or your business's money. That's also his. You're just a steward. True. So it's uh, it's there's something that just shifts. Like money is energy, and once you've uh, you know gotten into this metaphysical, magical place that you're just a steward for this energy that is God's, and it's all God, and you're just um, a conduit, then the more you give, the more, uh, is, is given to you to give, to keep the, uh, the spigot running. Well put, well put. What do you work with corporations or do you work with individuals or both? Mostly, yeah, mostly, uh, businesses, uh, some <clears throat> organizations from time to time. I am an uh, a charity uh, board and have had uh, charities as clients, but mostly it's companies, you know, seven, eight, nine figure companies, sometimes even billion dollar companies. I used to be really fixated on getting the really big brands, the household names as clients. Mm -hmm. And that was my ego. And uh, I recognize that that's not what I'm here for. I just, uh, uh, know that I'm going to be guided to the right clients. And this was a really powerful distinction I learned from Anne-Marie Pizarro, who um, taught me how to read uh, Akashic Records. And uh, I've been getting readings from her for, I don't know, four years or something. Uh, she was also a guest on my podcast. So she explains that you don't have clients or customers. You have an assigned group. That has been such a powerful revelation for me. If I have an assigned group, then I'm meant to work with these people and uh, deliver some sort of um, insight or uh, transformation or opportunity and you know, deliver uh, one of God's miracles to this person or to this um, uh, the, the, this organization. So if that's the case, then I can take a lot of the pressure off me and just realize that this is meant to be doesn't mean sit on, on on your rear end and wait for the checks to arrive it, it, you you're co-creator you're you're in the you're in the world of action <laughs> so you do have to take action but know that you're being carried through this so um yeah my assigned group is just waiting there the fulfillment has already happened that's a really powerful kabbalistic concept if you have desire for something, it means the fulfillment has already happened because if you didn't have desire for it, 
then you wouldn't have tasted the fulfillment in the future. Time is an illusion, past, present, future happening simultaneously. It's just there to you know give us the law of cause and effect so we can really grok our actions and also to give us the opportunity to course correct and return to God, teshuva, which means return rather than repentance. So if we can... Um, uh, you know, just get out of our own way. We, we, we kick up resistance in our path, uh, sometimes purposefully, sometimes inadvertently, and you know, just get out of our own way and just allow the miracles to happen. So this is your truth and you live it and you practice it. Mm -hmm. It's how you do business. Do yeah. you feel it's uh, your place to educate the people you work with about your, um, you know, your truths, is that important to you or do you just be it be and ask, and hope that they can be that too? Well, I, it's more modeling than anything. Modeling. As a, as a parent, they don't listen. Your kids don't listen to what you tell them nearly as much as model right. uh, you, you know, your own behaviors. Yeah. So that applies to your, not just kids, but your, your, your staff your clients, your vendors, yes, everybody. everybody. So Good. be the change you want to see in the world, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And dream the world you want to live in. That's what I say too. Yes. Well, they gave me another thing from above uh, that I really like. It's a, it's a, uh, a slight variation on be the change you want to see in the world. It's see the change that you want to see in the world because um, you are programming your own illusion with your beliefs and thoughts and attention and intention. So how you program your, if you're familiar with Star Trek, your holodeck simulation. <laughs> I've never heard that. I'm yeah. not a... <laughs> Say that again. What is it? Your what? Well, it's a, in Star Trek, they had the thing called the holodeck where you could program it to say, put you in, in medieval France or wherever. Right. And then it's, it's a room that is um, filled with the tangible um, illusion, the simulation that you had requested. And, and it feels incredibly real, just like reality. So that's in, in the TV show, Star Trek. It's not that dissimilar to what we're doing, and we don't realize it because the illusion is so real. It feels incredibly real while we're in it. But yet you have to have this, in order to play the game really well, you have to have uh, a, a perspective of being in the game and out of the game at the same time, awareness of your awareness. You know what, uh, I think this is another Bible quote, uh, in the world, but not of the world. Yes. So if you're in it and, and then you're, you're also in this place of recognizing that this, this holodeck simulation or this, this illusion only has love. Everything else is part of the illusion. The only reality is love. And therefore I'm just playing a game where it's just me and God. You still have to be street smart and so forth because you do live in a physical world, but you have both perspectives at the same time and you try to keep that as much as possible 
oh, I'm in a, I'm in this um, illusion, and it's just me and God. And also, I got to pay my bills. I got to lock my car. I got to um, say hello to the, I got to remember the homeless person's name that I keep seeing and, and greet them and, and uh, you know, give, give whatever uh, I'm nudged to do. Like sometimes it's a lot more than I'm comfortable with. And, and just know that this is a beautiful game, a beautiful, majestic, magnificent, magical game that I'm playing. Or it's being played with you. It's yeah. being played with you. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a game that is um it's 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 like a beautiful symphony. And it's sacred. The game is sacred. It is. The rules of the game are sacred and they are eternal. They mm -hmm. don't shift. They don't shift at all. Just new form, new form, new faces, new people to play the game with. Yeah, it's a great concept. It certainly takes the stress out. Yeah. It takes disease, puts disease in another perspective. And, right. and again, it's about how you choose to look at it. It's your optic. It is definitely and always will be your optic. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. Well, I want to thank you. You, mm -hmm. you. Um, shared a lot of yourself today and I'm very grateful to have you on this show and I'm grateful I, to know you <laughs> I'm grateful to know you too Stefan it was like an instant click and this who is this man asking me all these questions and that I want to answer I remember thinking okay <laughs> this is a game I like to play but, but it was a delight from the beginning and no fear, no anxiety, no stress, just this connection. Mm -hmm. And however I've known you in the past and however I will know you in the future, it's a delight to always be with you in the now. So thank you. Thank I you. wish you well in your endeavors. I know you will be very, very successful in what you do and how you present yourself in these concepts in your work, I hope that there's a book where you interface business and spirit, because I think that's, I think we're ready for that. I think people really do need to understand there is no separation, you know, none at all, absolutely none at all, yeah. especially now, you know, businesses are, they are struggling and people, I see people try to cut corners on quality and it doesn't serve it doesn't right. it just doesn't serve it needs people need somebody like you to be able to rethink and reframe a lot of the concepts and strategies that they use in in business because because it, it shows and and they'll they will lose ultimately by disregarding who is buying their product or who is you know, using their services. It's time. So I wish you good luck. Let me know how oh, that thank goes. You. Well, one thing, uh, uh, you know, if we give our, our listener or viewer just one next action, they don't have to read a whole book or anything to uh, taste this new way of experiencing the divine and, uh, you know, not just in their personal life, but in their business life, they could ask God to be their business partner. 
I love that concept. That's really beautiful. Yeah, I learned that from Curtis Thomas. I interviewed him. He's a breathwork uh, expert, and that just really struck a chord with me. So it's a simple thing. You can ask God and kind of hear or receive kind of in intuitively or through kind of a knowing what his answer is. And notice what happens once you start uh, doing this or, or do the Anabakoa every day for two weeks and see if that makes a difference in your life. I bet it will in your business. Yeah. I used to do it in my garden over my plants when I was watering my garden. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had these plants that were so beautiful. I had this garden. I One day I just looked around and I said, this garden is becoming magnificent. And I realized it was because I was out there singing the Anabakoa every day to my plants. I mean, think about singing the Anabakoa to your life, to your children, to your education, to medicine, to justice, to friendships. It's an outstanding prayer. And there's some beautiful people on YouTube who sing it. Many people from many countries and many backgrounds sing this stunning prayer, the Anabakoa. And um, we're going to put your information up on the on this podcast so people may want to get in touch with you. And again, thank you for being on the show. We'll have you back and we'll go deeper into the realm of unscheduled flights, looking at inspiration, innovation, and creativity. And you hold all of those as a model for the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and God you. bless you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank our guests today who've shared their experience, who have enhanced my life by developing skill sets and a vision of the world that is really expanded and I think beautiful. So thank you until the next podcast of Unscheduled Flights. Again, I'm your host, Ambika Waters, wishing you all the best.